All right. Live. This is it. We we made it. It's the hundredth episode. Hooray! Yay! It's it's been a lot. When did we start this thing? Like twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. August of twenty eighteen was when we first recorded the the episode zero. I went back and listened to episode zero. It was not what I was expecting, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was way more serious, if you remember. Yeah. You know, I went back and listened to it, too. It was uh, very different than... It was definitely a beta test episode, that's for sure. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's I still... So, I ended up this weekend, like, driving around from, like, New York, basically, down to here. And, like, so for several hours, I listened to, like, three or four podcast episodes back-to-back, like episode zero, the one you told me, like episode four, and a few others, including our best of episode. It was really surreal because by the end of it, I felt like you were in the car ride with me the whole time. I had to remind (laughs) myself, no, I didn't just hang out with you because I felt like that's all that happened was I just hung out with you all day and you just talked to me. (laughs) Well, that's sweet. I guess in a way it was, I mean, that sort of was one of my intents of like creating or requesting to like do a podcast a long time ago is you've, you've known like from secret bonus episodes and stuff, like my anxieties about like dying and immortality and getting old and all that sort of stuff. And this is sort of my like memory or time capsule of like, no matter what happens in the future, I can go back and just like listen to podcast episodes and feel forever young. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's good. I'm I'm glad, and I I figured out why some of the early episodes weren't showing up as well. That's fixed, and at least should be. I'm also hundredth episode announcement. I've finally started the process of transferring the podcast episodes to Anchor, and we're going to be on not WordPress soon. But of course, I'm having issues transferring it from wordpress because wordpress sucks i mean sorry sponsor us i mean also i tried to get rich a lot like (laughs) i noticed this as well like there's a lot of early on like get rich quick schemes and everything that was like your thing for like the first 10 episodes every episode you had something and it's just it delights me to like hear myself trying to get rich and such and like yeah Big Money Z from the very beginning. (laughs) All right. Before we get any further, I'm going to stop this right here. And the intro is going to play. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. And then I'll spin around. You'll be petting the Bulbasaur? I'll be petting the Bulbasaur as my Blastoise comes out from the right side. My Gengar comes from the left. But I went through, I smelled all my cartridges, the downloaded ones, I couldn't really smell my computer. Pay me for this, goddammit. Burble, 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 bloop. I don't even know whether MIDI file that goes do 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 or something. It's a gamer. We should like five bucks. Come on. No, that's not how this works. Fuck you, Sobble. And now the intro is done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's been a roguelike for your ears for 100 episodes. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, in the place to be. Or should we say Big Money Z? I mean, 
I'm Did just you see the AMC stocks today. Oh, every day at work, like secretly, I'm just checking it, checking it. I mentioned it last week of like, oh, that'd be funny if this actually like worked out because of our stupid like episode of GameStop like so many weeks and months ago. It like tripled today. Like big money Z is in the motherfucking house. Like <laughs> I am now I know like my this feels like gambling in a way like at any moment the like bottom could drop and stuff but for now like I'm enjoying the ride it is awesome <laughs> like I I have been focusing all this time on like give me five bucks give me five bucks meme stocks that's how Harvey Z gets rich Ugh. we're gonna start the episode off oh shit I forgot to prepare this hold on it's, we've, been, we've been in here a hundred episodes and yet we still do stuff off the cup and I forget shit. It's it's <laughs> fine. I mean, we don't have to. Harvey Z is too good for this now. He's he's big money Z. He's rich. I can have people take care of this for me. Got it. Okay, found it. Sorry. We're we're gonna do the Pub Z gauntlet. I, I apologize Ooh. for this. This was originally going to be the fourth bracket of the um make me a gamer madness brackets of harvey z uh but i decided to shift it and put it into a uh pub z gauntlet for the hundredth episode and if you don't remember the gauntlet it's basically i put a list of things together and i randomly choose two and then harvey z has to eliminate one and we just go through the list until Harvey Z chooses an eventual winner. It's not an actual bracket because the the pairings can be random and everything. But um, that's what we're doing. And what I chose for this particular one as a way to kick off our 100th episode is uh, I picked 20 of our previous episode titles. Oh, okay. And most of them will immediately conjure up the discussions that were associated with them um but it'll be a fun way to look back uh on some of the episodes of the first 100 and uh, uh see which which ones harvey z chooses as, as his favorite episode or at least favorite episode title oh this is gonna be tough because i really do enjoy a lot of like stupid shit is packed in like hidden gems everywhere <laughs> that's like a, the subtitle for our podcast stupid shit hidden gems let's go for it all right so oh the first matchup is a is a huge like this is these are two heavyweights starting okay. right off the bat first first matchup is the laser is powered by steam versus tekken shark Ooh, i and both of these are on the greatest hits like I've just recently listened to both clips. Like, I will say, like, the lasers made out of steam were, like, that's a not a podcast-defining, but that, I think that set up our relationship quite, quite accurately. Because mm -hmm. when you listen to it, like, I earnestly said with such conviction, <laughs> but the laser is made out of steam because I 100% believed it. And it wasn't a joke. It wasn't anything else. And yeah, I, as much as I love the get rich quick of the Tekken shark, the lasers are made out of steam is. The laser is powered by steam. Yeah. Oh boy. 
<laughs> All right. Next up, random choice. We've got the Mukbang Ninja <laughs> versus Will Claim the Earholes. I feel like, so Will Claim the Earholes, I need to go back and listen to. It's a newer episode. It's past, I think, episode, like, it's in the 40s or 50s, if I remember. But like, I think this. I think this is the one where we also did butt plugs and dildos. Oh God! Like that I one. think this was this episode where we we yes you your get rich quick scheme was yeah that, to, and to go into the sex toy the ear holes came off of that. I have listened to that one a few weeks months ago, and I had commented to you like I forgot that episode existed, and listening back just cracked me up. <laughs> the the mukbang episode it was my probably first like get rich quick it's like episode four i heard that one it's actually got a lot of other good stuff like that episode is a solid episode all the way around but yeah i'm gonna go with we claim the ear holes just because for bit that's a funnier bit but episode wise <laughs> i know the other one it's worth a listen yeah okay that's fair all right um we've got oh I was like, internal taco trucks versus you don't deserve me at my grookey. <laughs> oh, the taco truck is like the Kurt Schilling episode, if I recall. Yeah. Which yeah. was a weird, I really like that episode. It's weird and kind of like <laughs> long form comedy uh-huh. slash podcast. I, I always enjoy that one. There was your weird uh, history of like Kingdom Hearts, which was just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then the Grookey episode that was the like censored episode where we almost didn't release it if I recall yeah that was what yeah well you just went on a rant about Sobble yeah like, like Sobble <laughs> tear gas and all that stuff oh boy yeah uh, that one I, I didn't think it would make it um let's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the taco truck yeah, the Kurt Schilling one is one of our best, I think, even though it was an early one. Like, I, it's one that I, I like, would tell people, you should go and listen to it to kind of understand the weirdness that we are. I really need to get back into doing, like, long-form research and having those. There there aren't a, a whole lot of weird stories like that, but, like, the ones that are weird are great podcast material. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, we've got a, a quick matchup, but... So we'll claim the ear holes is back and it's going up against the one, the only Big Money Z. <laughs> oh God. Big Money Z is he's a new character, I feel like. I mean, he's been there always. It's just he finally came out in that episode and like that's the key impetus or the key force behind all the get rich quick schemes. I'm gonna go though with we're gonna we're claiming the ear holes. Okay. Alright. Big Money Z is not money tonight. <laughs> All right. We've got no font picks, please. Yes. <laughs> Versus can we launder a podcast? Both of these. I, I mean, the font one, I think, is on the greatest hits like section because listening to that was <laughs> it, it holds up like I, I'm just I ask you a question, and then we go down a weird rabbit hole. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, can we launder a podcast is another... mm, I'm trying to think... That that one is a Harvey Z special. Yeah. That that one is just, like, putting your line of thinking into... All right, we've talked about laundering money, but is there a way we can launder a podcast? (laughs) 
Oh, man. I'm going to go with that. Uh, I mean, I love font picks. Like, <laughs> like we should say, send us your font picks at this point. Because <laughs> there were some good ones. And like, I, as someone who actually genuinely likes fonts, like, it amused me because I was picturing. Yeah, each you one. like fonts. Uh huh. I mean, you've heard my weirdness. I have feelings about numbers, I have feelings about fonts. Yeah, I'll take your font picks. <laughs> okay, so we're keeping the fonts. Internal Taco Trucks is back, and it's going up against Jort Party. God. <laughs> I mean, Jort Party is something I would say. I can't remember that episode as well, though, about, like... No, uh, Jort Party was me, I think. Like, I tend to wear jorts. Where did Jort Party come from? <laughs> I think I think it was... We did a Harvey Z Snaps. Oh. And it was, like, jorts versus something else, and you were like, set, I think it came up, you were like, snap, gonna snap jorts, and then everyone would be pantless. And somehow, jort party came into that because everyone was wearing jorts at the same time. I, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep the taco truck. The taco truck has like good, solid, like hour to 90 minutes of fun. It's gonna, it's gonna be a heavy hitter, I think, this, this time around. <laughs> okay. Speaking of your love of numbers, we've got 63's Got Edges up against Voodoo Fight Club. Oh, man. I like both of these a lot. Like, the numbers one is just a genuine, there was no joking. I really just, yeah, I got, just I got feelings about, about numbers. I got feelings on numbers and I got opinions about them. Uh, but voodoo fight club is one of my favorite to like go back and listen to and such that intro it's just so weird and it's one of those where i just tell a story and you just follow along with it it's great voodoo fight club voodoo fight club all right next matchup oh we got two two veterans we got no font picks please versus we'll claim the air holes Ooh. Both with similar themes, and yet one would not think so. <laughs> Sex toys and numbers. Uh, Sex toys and fonts. Mm, I'm going to go just for the more mass appeal, we'll claim the ear holes. I think it's a little bit funnier. Okay. All the other right. one's a little bit weirder. It is true. Uh, all right. We've got the laser is powered by steam versus are you wearing pants? Oh, wow. The Are You Wearing Pants is like one of our earliest uh, episodes from like when we were split up. Yeah, I think that was the first pandemic episode. Yeah, because, yeah, that was such a weird question, but I genuinely, and <laughs> the answer is currently no. <laughs> Thanks for letting our listeners know, just keeping them appraised. I mean, just times got weird. But I'm gonna go with uh, the first one. Let's keep the lasers. Lasers, lasers powered by steam. Yeah. All right. And just so we're clear, technically, I am also not wearing pants. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Got two of my favorite episode titles here, or not two of my favorite episode titles, but two of my favorite discussions. We've got Sherb sounds like a stoner <laughs> versus Mug Liquid. I like both of these. I feel like the Sherb one is newer. I haven't listened to it as recently. Mug liquids, I've heard now like three, four times. This is 
and it plays right off of the steam is powered by lasers. I'm, I'm <laughs> the steam go... is powered by lasers. Oh, you're, the la- you're, you're, yes. you're confusing yourself. The the lasers. Yeah, it was when we learned basically that Harvey Z knows nothing about like dystopias or any genre of punk. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I like Mug Liquids. It was a solid episode as well. Like the that one was. It was just. It was a brain fart more on your end. But I don't think you actually refer to them. I hope as Mug Liquids. The oh, hot, they're absolutely Mug Liquids. Like hot beverages and such. Ugh. They're Mug Liquids. Yeah. I I stick by that. And this falls into the whole like yeah Harvey Z and his designation of like beverage containers as like a symbol of class. Like the college <laughs> students versus the elite versus the homeowner and such. And mug liquids. I still use them. They're they're solid. It moves on. Uh, next up, this one's this one's gonna be an interesting one. We've got Harvey Z versus a child <laughs> versus Knights and Bikes. Knights and Bikes. Knights and Bikes. Knights and Bikes. That was the first of the PUBG gauntlets, if I remember. Not the first, but it was. That's the it most was memorable. One of them, yeah. Yeah. Harvey Z versus a child weirdly enough is like an episode that was even pre-podcast like you can find that narrative in like your youtube videos yeah I feel that like... was for yeah that was a youtube video before it was also part of the podcast but yeah. I, I think it was when i was like playing hitman if, if if i recall and that's what sort of goes down like proto podcasting like what comes to be i'm gonna go harvey z versus a child harvey z versus a child that one's a good story to listen to if you haven't listened to it, by the way. You should go back and listen to that one. All right. All right. It's the Battle of the Liquids. Uh, we've got Mug Liquid versus Bagels and Milk. Oh, God. You and your milk. No, that's you and your milk. No, I don't but, put bagels yes, in milk. You, I listen you the, do that. We, this is actually probably a second conversation because there was a whole separate – I think it's on the Mukbang episode – where I complain? No, no, no. There was an episode where you just told me about cereal and milk. Uh-huh. And you don't even put any milk in your cereal, and I was horrified because I learned it live <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> the uh, the mm, mug liquids versus. I feel like the milk conversation is a greater long term one, so no single episode does it justice. So I'll go with mug liquids. Mug liquid. All right. All right. Next up. Oh. Oh, this one's uh, this is a good one. Uh, this one hasn't shown. Neither of these have shown up yet. Awesome. I think this will. This means all the rest will be veterans. So these are the last two, and we'll be down to seven after this. So oh. we're getting close to the end. Uh, the last two that haven't shown up yet: Bortles sounds like a Pokemon <laughs> versus House of the Rising Tongue. Oh, that's. It's a top three episode. Like, The Greatest Hits doesn't do it justice. There was so much more to that stupid, like, concept. I love yeah. that whole episode. The, like, at some point, I actually kind of want to commission it, but just be, like, to the artist, just listen to this episode. And I want that. <laughs> Give me that as art. Uh, like, I'm going to go with, yeah, House of the Rising Tongue. Yeah. yeah. All right. We've got seven left. I'll keep going here. Uh, we'll claim the ear holes versus House of the Rising Tongue. Ooh, I'm gonna go. This is a solid. It's House of the Rising Tongue. Yeah, that one. That one's a that top one's, five episode for yeah. sure. 
Ooh, I'm, I'm dreading now some of these matchups because there's at least three episodes in my mind that are just super strong and I don't want them to hit each other now. <laughs> All right. We've got internal taco trucks versus Harvey Z versus a child. Mm, the two early episodes that set the tone of the show. I'm going to go, though, with internal taco trucks. Okay. As an right. episode, these are episodes I would probably say, like, newcomers, start with these things. And yeah, we're getting into the tough matchup now. We've got Voodoo Fight Club versus Mug Liquid. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to say, I like Voodoo Fight Club a lot. There's a lot more to it than just, it, like, when we start talking about, like, don't Pokemon yourself, like, <laughs> that came from Voodoo Fight Club. <laughs> All right, so... The final four, we've got Internal Taco Trucks, Great The Laser is Powered by Steam, House of the Rising Tongue, and Voodoo Fight Club. All are good, solid episodes, I would say, to like listen to if you want a retrospective or if you just want... They all will give you some laughs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, first matchup. Voodoo Fight Club versus Internal Taco Trucks. Ooh, uh... Only because I can't remember the rest of the Voodoo Fight Club episode, I'm going to say Internal Taco Trucks wins. It's okay. a little bit different, but it's different from the other three, so it separates itself from the pack. All right. And now, oh, we got Internal Taco Trucks versus House of the Rising Tongue. Ooh, I was dreading the other two matchup. Um, I'm going to go House of the Rising Tongue. It's just, oh. it's funnier to me. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The... Internal Taco Trucks is good, like, whole episode. I think the House of the Rising Tongue sketch is a better skit or how, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got the final matchup. It's the laser is powered by steam versus House of the Rising Tongue as Harvey Z's winner. I'm going to say if I go by, like, quantity of laughs and content, House of the Rising Tongue is hilarious. The laser is powered by steam is very strong as a bit, but it's a small section. Both are actually on the greatest hits, so check them out. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to say House of the Rising Tongue wins. House of the Rising Tongue. That I, I really do want to get some sort of commission out of this. Like the House of the Rising Tongue as like a t-shirt of some <laughs> sort or just anything like would be... Uh, like I went back and listened like the whole description of like and then I turn around and stuff and then I demanded the like our fans like create me an animation and the indignant like response of how upset you were with like settle for like a, a picture at best they're not going to animate <laughs> things for us and I was like no I need like and looking back on like how commissions now work and stuff like I wanted like six to seven Pokemon a little animated thing a club scene in the <laughs> background like there was a shit ton of detail there. <laughs> yeah you you know you shoot for the stars no matter what so that that's something to be proud of but yeah you also got to reel in your expectations of what your fans are going to do for you for free which is why big money z now i maybe if i make some money off of this thing i'll commission that shit <laughs> <laughs> all right um do you want to do the Tower of Babel now, or do you want to do some other stuff first? I think we can use it up as a little bit of a... It's a small one this time. and So Tower of Babel, I've got a few set up. And this one, it's 
it's medium in its levels of like difficulty. I've got like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got seven little ones kind of set aside. It's basically, I looked up once again, a, this time I didn't give you like a full paragraph. I gave you like one to two lines on each of the games for you to guess, but then I ran it through a whole bunch of different, uh, basically different language translators on Google Translate. The category will be though, from this one's from the guardian i also didn't want to keep using metacritic from the guardian uh -huh. though the 15 greatest video games of the 80s ranked and then i picked basically from the top yeah they're spread out but most of them are in the top like seven one is a little bit lower but i just put it in there for fun okay so right. 15 greatest video games of the 80s do 80s. you feel do you feel confident about that i wanted to do stuff that i knew almost half to more of these games as well I think I could do okay. okay. I, I I think I I have a fairly good grasp of of like early Nintendo. Like if it goes into like Atari stuff, I might have a little bit more of a trouble. Okay. Like early Nintendo, early Sega. Like I'm pretty sure I could do. I can tell you right decent. now, like Sega isn't on here. Sega was like 90s. There is an Atari. <laughs> okay. All right. And what I'll say as well is, so I'll give you the phrase. You give me the game. If you're still stumped, I can give you year and company if you'd like. May or may not help you. Okay. All right. Let's start with... And one is in just straight up English, just because I, it was so weird. I didn't know if you'd actually even know it from straight the whole phrase itself. <laughs> but uh, let's start with uh, number 13 on the top 15 games. So this one... Game consoles and game consoles are known to deliver real energy to the gaming experience through a fairy interface. In six races, everyone acquires, everyone requires speed and time. Four players can play in a free game. Say that one more time. Game consoles and game consoles are known to deliver real energy to the gaming experience through a fairy interface. In six races, Everyone requires speed and time. Four players can play in a free game. All right, this is this is going to be a guess just off the top of my head, but I'm going based on races and number of players. Is it Excite Bike? It is not Excite Bike. The game came out 1983 by Konami. 1983? 83. Oh, so this one's the Atari one then. Actually, if I recall correctly, I don't believe this is in, uh, this might not be an Atari system game. Oh, okay. It actually is kind of unique, but I know of this game. I don't know if you know this. I can also give you the English clue if you'd like. It's not, it's not Top Gear, is it? It is not Top Gear. So with two misses, I'll give you the English phrase. Konami's foundational athletics game was best known for bringing actual physical exertion to the arcade sporting experience via the legendary button bashing interface. Featuring six events, all requiring speed and timing, blank allowed up to four players to compete against each other. Oh, is it track and field? It is track and field. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. You're getting it now. You're getting to the genres and what the games are. So gotcha. I'll jump up. Let's give you the number one one. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. This is not a game for heroes, 
but a game in which the actions of many people are involved. In other words, it's a game of cleaning and looking for opportunities for things. This is why we can have fun, and with our eyes closed, we can still see the unnaturalness of the slowly creeping frame. What? <laughs> Number one game. Number one game? Of the 80s. Not a game for heroes. Not a game for heroes? Say, okay, say that one more time. This is not a game for heroes, but a game in which the actions of many people are involved. In other words, it is a game of cleaning and looking for opportunities for things. This is why we can have fun, and with our eyes closed, we can still see the unnaturalness of the slowly creeping frame. All right, um... Is it? This is a, this is a this is a really off kilter guess, but is it Maniac Mansion? No, 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 no. Think. Okay, I'll give you the year. Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Number one game of the eighties. It's definitely. It's not Super Mario Brothers. Nope. Nintendo is eighty five. So. I can give it to you in English. Okay. This isn't a game about heroes. It's a game about that most human of endeavors, tidying up and finding a place for things. Perhaps that is why we love it and so love it so much and why when we close our eyes, we can still see an infinity of shapes falling gently into place. Oh, it's Tetris. God damn it. <laughs> I would have thought like number one from 84 would have been like, I thought that might give it away, but I just love how it didn't even need to translate like tidying up and finding a place for things. Cleaning and looking for opportunities for things. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, that's that one's a little more obvious than I, I should have. Like, for some reason, my like I know Tetris exists and I know it's like one of the best games of all time. And my brain just like forgets like mm -hmm. to think about Tetris for some reason. Yeah, it's it's one where I was wondering, but I'll give you this one now. We'll go down to the bottom of the list. This one is number seven on the top 15 of all time. I'm going to blank out if they ever say like people's names or if they say the game in it. I'll just put a blank. Okay. So this one is blank's experience in town planning drawn from his various books, which integrate business, design, culture, and law into his development plans, including the arts. And then it didn't really want to translate the rest. That's all it went with. That was it. All right, say, say it one more time. Blank's experience in town planning, drawn from his various books, which integrate business, design, culture, and law into his development plans, including the arts. It's not Sim City, is it? It is Sim City. It is Will it Wright's is experience City. in town planning. Okay. And All apparently, right, yeah, Will Wright definitely would have given it away. Yeah, it was just a list of uh, different phrases. It reduced it down, but it's the original English was... Will Wright's urban design simulation took its authentic approach from dozens of textbooks bringing economics, architecture, culture, and law enforcement into its complex town building engine. And then it just yeah. went, it just reduced them all to basic English words, and then there we go. So then I'm going to go to this one is just, I'll give you the bonus one last, actually. So we'll jump to number two now, the number two game of all time, uh -huh. designed by blank, unless you want the, well, designed by blank. Known as the drug shooter, popular at the time, Blank transforms a plane with aliens with a cute mouth and four cute souls from the maze filled with bills to the squat sounds of the most beautiful designers. Everything in the game is iconic. 
I'm sorry, excuse me? <laughs> thought that gave it away like three times. Uh, designed by Blank, known as the drug shooter, popular at the time, Blank transforms a plane with aliens with a cute mouth and four cute souls. From the maze filled with bills to the squat sounds uh, to the most beautiful designers, everything in the game is iconic. I feel, really feel like I should know this one because this one, this one sounds like it's very obvious, and my brain is not. If you think number two game of the '80s, basically, I can give you the year and the company, but that'll probably give it away. Right, I'll, I'll give you the year at least. 1980. It's the oldest game on here. 1980. All right, say it one more time. Designed by Blank, known mm -hmm. as the Drug Shooter. Popular at the time, Blank transforms a plane with aliens with a cute mouth and four cute souls. From the maze filled with bills, to the squat sounds, to the most beautiful designers, everything in the game is iconic. Is it Space Invaders? It is not Space Invaders. Oh, the Am aliens. I, the right track? I mean, you got the general gist of the era and such. Shall I give it to you in, in English? Every sentence or phrase will just, you'll figure out what it means. It's uh, famously it designed sense? by Toru. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Is it Pac-Man? It is Pac-Man. Okay. All right. Sorry. I, I had to, yeah. you needed to give me a little bit. I, I was. Yeah. You didn't get it from Toru, but you were just putting it together. Like the four souls, the cute mouth, the. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it translated like waka waka. Me up. <laughs> it, it translated waka waka into squat. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's famously designed by Toru Iwatani as an antidote to the prevalent shooters of the era. Pac-Man replaced spaceships and aliens with a cute sentient mouth and four lovable ghosts. Everything gotcha. about the game is iconic, from its pill-littered maze to its waka-waka sound effects to its brilliant kawaii character designs, or kawaii character design. Squat sounds sounds like the ASMR-like bathroom cd or something squat squat, squat sounds <laughs> squat 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 maybe that's the waka waka squat squat anyway three more the two really and one bonus so the third one is blank this is a well-designed scene a huge challenge to combine power-ups such as popular suits enemies and new game features in addition to the site design it has been proven to be researching and designing sounds for Nintendo's new season, preparing various names and changes for us. One more time. I think I know what it is. Okay. This is a well-designed scene, a huge challenge to combine power-ups such as popular suits, enemies, and new game features. In addition to the site design, it has been proven to be researching and designing sounds for Nintendo's new season, preparing various names and changes for us it's is this super mario brothers 3 it is super mario brothers 3 all right with the, the the suits gave it away yeah that's why i was wondering if you'd get the fact that they're saying it's a sequel as well it's a new nintendo's new thing uh yeah and apparently a bonus fact in 2020 a pristine unopened copy sold at an auction for hundred and fifty six thousand dollars holy shit Super Mario Brothers 3, 1988. Then, last uh, Babel one. Made from a large-scale darkness full of four characters and monsters, food and riches, the Ed Log 
contains everything you need to create a multiplayer and fun game in 10 years. By combining the basics of the RPG genre, Blank facilitates better conversation and unlocks the reptile genre in one second. Unlocks the reptile genre? Is that what you just said? Unlocks the reptile genre in one second. RPGs? This one like threw way too much at me. Like I had, I thought I knew what it was like five different times. Like it, it throws multiplayer, but then ten years. What? Yeah, yeah. I I understand where it translated and why it did what it did. It's, it's okay. It's a valid. Give, give give it to me. Give me the whole thing one more time. Made from a large scale darkness, full of four characters and monsters, food and riches. The Ed Log. It's a designer. The Ed Log contains everything you need to create a multiplayer and fun game in 10 years. By combining the basics of the RPG genre, blank facilitates better conversation and unlocks the reptile genre in one second. Okay. It could... Is, is, is it Final Fantasy? It is not Final Fantasy. Okay. I can give you the year. The year doesn't really help. 1985. The company would give it away. Is it Legend of Zelda? It is not. The company is Atari. Company is Atari. I'm sorry, but giving it away is not is not the right accurate description for that. Right. See, for me, like, yeah, but I'm I have perfect knowledge here. But I'm like, oh, this yeah, is the you phrase. You have perfect knowledge. This is the there's three or two or three phrases that are the key things to knowing about this. Yeah, I. Mm, Four characters and a giant multi-level dungeon filled with monsters, food, and treasure. This was all Ed Log needed to construct the most hectic and exciting multiplayer action game of the decade. Utilizing staple elements of the role-playing genre while removing all the boring talking bits, Blank ushered in the dungeon crawler genre. Dungeon crawler genre. It's one of my favorite games. It's been remade tons of times. And in arcades. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. This isn't this isn't Gauntlet, is it? It's Gauntlet, nineteen eighty five Atari. Oh God, the the RPG and the oh yeah the Red Wizard needs food badly. Up. Yeah. Oh yeah, it says has has food in there too, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it has okay. the food. That's where it has the food. Dungeon Crawler got replaced into reptile genre, but that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, a dungeon crawler is a reptile. And then this one, this one is a weird one where I'm just going to give it to you in English because actually listening to it, I was like, I want to play this. I've never heard of it. And I don't know if you have. It's 1984 from Acorn Soft Firebird is the name of the company. And it still feels like the plot of a Christopher Nolan movie. Back in 1984, two Cambridge students managed to create a game that contained eight vast galaxies, thousands of space stations, a functioning economy, and a complex upgrade system all in a sparse but beautiful 3D vector visuals on a 32K computer. To this day, I recall the sounds of the blue Danube that accompanied the docking computer, the prices of luxury goods in several systems, and the shock of bumping into a Thargoid invasion fleet. It was, and still is, kind of miraculous. Yeah, wow, I haven't heard of I, I was like, I want to play this. Yeah. Like, eight vast galaxies, thousands of space stations and all in 1984? Yeah, that doesn't even sound feasible. Yeah, at the description alone was just sheer beauty. But so the game, any guesses? Because I've never heard no, of it. No, I've I've got no idea. 
The game is Elite. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, something worth checking out, I think, like... I looked at the graphics though. So the graphics, what they mean with the 3D vector visuals, it's like those lines where the lines like create like an outline of a spaceship kind of thing. Huh. You know, like what I'm talking about, like not war games. Or, yeah. Yeah. Vaguely. Like, like it doesn't look pretty at all, but like this, the description of this game sounds amazing. And I wonder if they ever like remade it into a, like an actual game kind of thing. But I'm yeah, sure they, they did. I should have looked that up, but let's see. Elite game. Uh, it is a space trading video game. It was 1984, one of the first home computer games to use wire 3D. Influential for Wing Commander, Privateer, Grand Theft Auto, Eve Online, Freelancer, X Series, and No Man's Sky all have been influenced by this game. Uh, yeah, I ha- okay. So I'm I'm looking it up, and I had heard of Elite Dangerous, which apparently came out in 2014, 15. Looks like. Yeah, oh. I, I did hear about that. I, I wasn't sure if it was related, but it apparently is. Apparently, it also came with a 64-page book novella inside the game called wow. the, the Dark Wheel. It was the first novella to be included with distribution with a video game. No huh. sequel was ever written. Uh, versions? Ah, there are different... So somebody did enhance the graphics to make it like proto doomed They basically filled in the wires. Uh it's a BBC kind of, uh, the genre for space trading games, and one of the most influential games in history, the first truly open-ended open-world game. Wow. And then they released the game, like the source code and everything, on the 15th anniversary in 1999. But there is a sequel, Elite 2, Frontier, The First Encounters, and Elite Dangerous. You're right. Yeah, it, it sounded right. cool. Cool. Well, that was fun. So there we got we got both a, a PUBG gauntlet and a Tower of Babel <laughs> on our hundredth episode here. Uh now now we're gonna do some more fun stuff, just a little more celebration y type things. First, just for our random random content of the week, I did open up to questions and whether anyone would want to hear us talk about anything in particular and my friend matt uh did manage to drop a couple questions on twitter and so in honor of him asking us okay um the first question he asked was is cereal soup i saw this one i've thought about it i've i've actually thought about this way too long and hard uh i mean my answer is simple my answer is no because i'm not a heathen who uses milk with my cereal I know. Like, it's dry, it gets poured into a bowl. There's no soup quality about it. Like, I would argue that it is not a soup because of the minimal preparation of where you're taking cereal and placing it in a liquid. By doing so, that means that every time, like, you take a bath, you're making soup. I mean, yes, I could see the argument of human soup there potentially, and that may have but that we don't even need to go down that road. But like the closest argument that the supers would make is like, oh, what about gazpacho? You can have watermelon gazpacho, tomato gazpacho, cold soup. Milk with an a single ingredient in it is not fucking soup though. I get the coldness, but <laughs> gazpacho requires blending. Now, if you took cereal, you added spices or you layered it or even combining multiple cereals, you might start to argue. But taking a single ingredient and putting a single other ingredient in it, that's not fucking like cooking. So, no, I have a more uh, it's not soup. 
Nice try. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, but I, I just, I have the very simple definition of, it doesn't need liquid. Like you can eat cereal dry and with liquid, with milk. I mean, pro- probably not with anything other than milk. I don't think anyone dips cereal in water. If you are, you're a man. I mean, I do know some cereal and water folks. It's also, Ugh. I know. Oh God. I mean, there was Ugh, the cereal, no. cereal and wine. There's the cereal and like. Uh, cereal and wine was one person that was out of milk <laughs> i mean and that brilliant mind i'm sure had many many contributions to human society but yes uh there's also like yeah because again the argument then is is coke with ice in it soup see that's right that's right it's a dumb argument that the final thing it's if i take something and put it in liquid did i just make soup no i you can't I'm argue not disagreeing with, with yeah. you. I don't know why you're getting angry with me. Because it's these pasta ravioli pop tart people out there that are just. Uh. <laughs> All right. So Matt also asked another question. The question he asked was, "What are your spirit animals?" Ooh. Um, and I do want to just preface this by saying, like, I, I I get what the general gist of the question is, but I also don't like using the term spirit animal just because like it's it's uh, related to native american culture and it's sort of appropriation and uh there's been a lot of discussion on you know like people throwing around the term spirit animal when it's like sort of like a more sacred uh religious thing especially to native american and native american tribes and everything so like I'm down for answering the question in the sense of like, what animal do you most identify with? Or like, you know, if we were, if you were a lycanthrope and bitten by something, what animal would you like to turn into? Uh You know, phrasing the question like that, but I'd rather stay away from the idea of spirit animal just for, to be sensitive and that sort of thing. Fair enough. I do like that rephrasing. What animal do you feel represents you in a way? Yeah. Like I, I'm down for answering that. So okay, uh, I have two answers because once again, this is a question like I have an answer for because it is like in life I've thought about these sorts of things. Uh, for me, and it's kind of cliched, I suppose the first one, which is, do you know my my animal representation? Uh, not off the top of my head. Oh, uh, it's a wolf. I mean, it is cliched and stuff, but I do identify like if it, the lycanthrope question, same thing. I would be bitten by a wolf. I would want mm-hmm. to be a wolf. If I came back, I'd want to be a wolf. Like, what do I feel like if I'm picturing myself internally as an animal? I picture myself as a wolf. And then I also have an aquatic choice. But that's separate. What, what, how, why is there a reason it's separate? I mean, it's aquatic. Like <laughs> it was in the sense of if I came back as a sea animal, which one would I be? Uh, the answer to that is an orca. The orca is also known as the wolf of the sea. So hey, double wolves, nice. baby. Okay, so you're 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 a wolf. You're a, you're a, aroo, I am all that good stuff. Werewolves over vampires. Well, it gets tricky, but for the most part, yeah, I'm pro wolf. <laughs> okay, so I this is a weird question for me. I don't know. Like, I I will say like in terms of animals that don't exist. Um, the Phoenix has always been sort of the one that I identified with and felt most represented me. Like I've, I've always loved Phoenix, Phoenixes and 
their place in mythology, um, but they aren't real animals. And so I do think I would be most like some sort of bird. Like I don't have like a specific, like the, you know, like the white red tailed hawk or the cardinal or something. I don't have one off specifically off the top of my head. Um, but I do think I would probably be more of a bird, which is weird because I am afraid of heights. Oh. <laughs> well, you could be um, like a kiwi or a penguin. No, but like I like the idea. Like if if I was have have a transformation, like I always liked um, from Animorphs Tobias. Oh, because he turned turned into like a, a falcon, I think. But isn't um, he the one who like spoilers? They got stuck. Yeah, he got stuck as a falcon. Yeah, but like for some reason, like I was like, that sounds kind of cool. Like so, like maybe falcon, I guess. But like, I don't know. I guess I think it, it it might even be related to the fact that I don't like heights, just because having being a a bird or something with like mastery of air would sort of remove that fear for me. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be afraid of of that anymore. That's interesting. If that makes any sense. I like it because, yeah, and it's something like I've never, because again, that's partly why I picked like land and sea. I also have a fear of heights. Didn't think of anything air because I'm like, nope, I just don't relate to it. So <laughs> it's always been land or sea. I wouldn't want to be in the sky or up high or such. But yeah, that's, I was going to ask, I'm like, just... was it like a songbird more or was it like a carnivorous? But you've mentioned like hawk. You've mentioned those sorts of types. But... Yeah, I think I think it's definitely more in the the range of like falcon hawk sort of bird and not like a little tiny, you know, chickadee or whatever. Ooh. Um, and just in and just as like a minor addendum tangent, like this isn't one I identify with or like want to transform into or whatever but like i really like octopus imagery and like just like designs that include octopi or squids or those sorts of uh and don't make your hentai jokes i know you're thinking about it i was actually i I mean yes but no i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't be so crass as to just say it outright we just we can think about that but we don't have to uh but totally um but what about like i was gonna ask would you ever get an octopus tattoo that's a very popular motif um i'd probably actually be more likely to get a bird than an octopus although it's not out of the question fair enough um and i have thought about both of mine for tattoo ideas like getting an orca or getting a wolf the wolf though every fucking person but i really want that too but fuck there are two wolves inside of you i really like that quote i can get into a whole (laughs) spiel about that quote and how it's misinterpreted but that's a whole separate podcast okay all right i have feelings Uh, on wolves okay so um, normally this is the time where I'd be about say we're going to start wrapping up. But this is the 100th episode. Come on. We're celebrating. Uh. We're going to talk some more. Uh, we're not done yet. Especially because you have a promise to fulfill. Oh, God. I listened back to like the one. like We made some promises, actually. I remember just a few. But yeah, on the so... episode you told me to listen, there was two different things. Which one? Yeah. Are, which one? So there was the first one. So I I went back and I started to listen to the episodes because Harvey was convinced 
that it was episode zero that we made the the 100 episode promise. And I wasn't sure. So I went back and listened to it and it wasn't. Yeah. And so I just started going back through the early episodes and started listening to them. And there's some, it was fun going back. Like fucking the first episode was us theorizing about smash brothers and like Mario getting killed and you know, (laughs) that sort of thing in the, the CGI intros for the game and like smash wasn't even out yet. We talked about puddle gate in the early episodes. Like it's so things that are like blip in the internet history, you know, it's, it's really fun going back and like hearing these time capsules of like drama that was happening on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, um, the toad for a while on the mukbang episode. And I was like, what is the toad? And I had to, even now I didn't remember what the toad was. You don't so oh I know I've listened to that episode all the way through I can figure out what the toad is because it's related to this but yeah so basically what happened was it was episode five I think it was the mukbang ninja episode it was and we brought up I think what was the the current controversy was that some book I it might have been Stormy Daniels I don't know but someone had just referenced what donald trump penises penis looked like and he mentioned it and it was like compared to toad from the mario games and at the time we were trying or i was trying to be a little i didn't know that's what it was for i i just assumed someone compared a penis to like toad but i didn't realize it was donald trump's yeah it was specifically like what was going around was that it was like some sort of memoir about someone that slept with donald trump and she compared his the the shape of his penis to toad from the mario games and like it was that that was the big internet hullabaloo and harvey wanted to talk about it and i was trying to keep the the episode a little more pg but clearly we have steeped way too far into you know not pc territory after 100 episodes so we can just bring it up now anyway so the the first time Harvey Z mentioned something to do on 100th episode was asking what video game character represented what's in your pants. Yeah, I listened to that and I'm like, oh god, oh god, Harvey Z, what are you doing? <laughs> it was, and and I I'm gonna give you a chance to back out of it right now because, like. <laughs> I, uh, my fu- the funniest thing about this is that you were the one that kept bringing up we made promises to our listeners and we did we said we we said we were going to do something in our hundredth episode then I fucking went back and listened to his fucking video game character genitalia like <laughs> that that's that was the big promise and I'm just sitting here like Harvey Z why did you do this to us <laughs> like I was just listening to back to that episode and as it came because you're like oh the promises in this episode and I was listening and I was like what did we say what did we and then we got on the toad thing and i was like wait this is what i asked for this is the thing that i said on the 100th episode is going to be the okay god crap and i I actually had a good answer i forgot what it was and so like i was like because i was like what what do i reference and stuff so i don't remember what my funny answer ha 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 was gonna be like i don't think it was a smash character i don't think it was a like because again there's a lot of different but so I just have the basic answer, which is the uh-huh. answer I keep coming up with, which I don't want to say, but I'm like, okay, fine, fuck it, I promise. Uh, the answer that I came up with with my generic answer of if you ask me, like, what's in my pants? Battletoads. 
<laughs> it is what I've visualized. I don't need to get more graphic than that, I suppose. But I mean, if you so, so the- what you're saying is you have rash, pimples, and zits in your uh, in your pants? No, wait, what? Those are the names of the battle toads. I'm going more with a visual aesthetic here, not with labels. Uh, <laughs> I was actually just like. Okay, I was picturing, because I played the original, like, maybe Sega version of Battletoads or so, but the little beat up with the little frog guys, and then they pull out a giant boot and kick somebody, or they have a giant fist and they punch somebody. That's the visual going through my head, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, that's what he does. <laughs> Let's give it a little bit of time, power him up, and pop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Battletoads. Christ. Battletoads. Oh, God. This was going to be a lovely episode. I was going to play it for my mother. <laughs> no you weren't you know you weren't <laughs> so wait nice try uh there's two of us on this show L- look this is your promise it's not what? mine what <laughs> i thought God. we're a team we're both other runner-ups could have been like the little final fantasy wizard but i was like ah nah not so much you know the one i'm talking about right final fantasy tactics the little squat wizard what? guy the little squat wizard guy yeah the dark mage or the red not red mage but I was like, oh, that's an answer. But I'm like, ah, eh, it's not funny enough. It's not. And then I was like, Toe Jam and Earl, while I like the game, has nothing to do with my penis. So uh, then I was like, maybe I name it something feminine. I was like, chic. But I was like, ah, it's not really. Then I was like, oh, that's right. The Ganondorf. Ganondorf was the other answer. But I was like, ah, no, Battletoads is the more accurate answer. As much as I would love to go around calling it the senator. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. You know what? Uh, yeah, I don't really have an answer, honestly. I, the the best thing I could come up with is maybe Yoshi. Oh God! You know, uh, like that's Yoshi walks around, has a couple eggs hanging around behind him. I mean, why did we pick this topic? Didn't we promise him something else? I mean, I I don't really want to talk about Yoshi or make jokes about Yoshi now when it's like a metaphor, <laughs> like. Uh, there can be um, humor to be had, but no, no metaphorical, no. like, uh. Then the other thing we talked about in that episode that I brought it back around at the end. Yes, this was, was the better we, promise. <laughs> we were talking about how I created like games and click and play and stuff. And I had this character named Guy Smiley. And I think what was originally promised was a deep dive into the lore and history of uh guy smiley is that what you were thinking of the i think it was what i had asked is did you have more on guy smiley or you had mentioned you had like journals or things written about like these game ideas yeah so unfortunately due to like pandemic and not having a chance to like find things that are buried in my parents house uh, I have not been able to or had a chance to uh, find all those old sketches and ideas or anything. I do have, I will talk a little bit about this, but this is sort of like my, I keep close to the chest because if I ever start programming actual video games, I want to turn this into a game. Ooh. And so I don't want to give too much away. This is um, still like a viable idea. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, like, Guy Smiley and Guy Frowny have gone through a bunch of iterations since I was, like, 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
the iteration that currently exists is there's actually three characters. There, there's Guy Smiley, Guy Frowny, and Guy Crazy. Okay. And so, like, Guy Smiley sort of represents, like, the hero and is, like, you know, the, the protagonist. And Guy Frowny is, like, the antagonist that's always interlocked in a duel with Guy Smiley. And then Guy Crazy is kind of, like, the Joker sort of character that is, like, just in it to to screw with everything. And in a lot of iterations of, and and it, it sort of become he's he's almost like Deadpool esque, not in the sense of that he makes like crude, disgusting humor, but like he is usually aware of what's going on. Like if it's a video game, he's aware that he's in a video game. If it's a story or a comic, he has like fourth wall breaking capabilities. Uh He is usually untethered to the reality that that Frowny and Smiley are a part of, which makes it so like they have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. But he and he is completely like Mm -hmm. scatterbrained and, and out of the ordinary sort of not strictly evil or good, just sort of like agent of chaos. Yeah. And so, like, this particular game that I, I have, it's weird. Like, it was originally almost envisioned as, like, a Metal Gear Solid parody where, like, Guy Smiley infiltrates a uh, a castle that is being run by Guy Frowny in the same venue or, like, way that uh, Solid Snake enters Shadow Moses in Metal Gear Solid and there are like these henchmen that he has to to f- get through the castle and fight and there's like big boss arenas and you know the the henchmen have like code names and and whatnot and they're like you know related to their special abilities and and whatnot and he like picks up new abilities and weapons and stuff as he defeats these things and then towards like the beginning of the game you you like think guy frowny is the big bad guy and then something else happens as you're fighting him and like the entire thing gets turned on its head. And like, it was originally like I envisioned this as sort of like an action Metal Gear Solid type game, but I've already like, I've turned it more into like a strategy RPG sort of game. Now the system I'm still trying to work out in my head involves like battles like an rpg where like you'll you'll run into people on the overworld and then you'll go into like Uh an rpg combat but it's like a grid sort of like a strategy rpg combat uh like tactics or or whatever a lot of inspiration from games like uh radiant historia and south park the fractured butthole where like there's like grid-based combat in like an rpg thing where like your attacks take up different grids and everything and i've I've been debating this system and and trying to figure out how it will work and then you know learn how to program and draw designs and graphics and everything it, like it, it's a it's a process but that this is like the this is the idea i have held on to since my youth if i ever suddenly get into game design and can make a game you know, we all we have that. We all have that. You know, the the movie you would love to make if you suddenly got dropped twenty million dollars in Hollywood into your lap or whatever. But yeah, that's that's the brief 
summary of, of Guy Smiley and Frowny and things that have bounced around in my head. Would would you get one of those plot twists where, like, is Guy Frowny a playable character then? He joins up, basically, and the two have to go and face, like, the third guy? Um, I plead the fifth. Oh, okay. Because that's a marketing thing. I was like, oh, you have three marketable characters? That's a trilogy of games right there where you play as each <laughs> one of them in some way. You've got your Mario and your Wario game franchises. <laughs> It's true. I do. I do have it all lined up. I've got. I've got the plans. Yeah. Okay. So did uh, did you listen to anything else? Were there any other hundredth episode promises you found? Those uh, are the only two I got. To. I think like I had promised something like if we had like a million or something, I would have done like I don't think I would have gotten a tattoo, but I might have promised some like jokes about that in like episode one or two. But I think we needed like you. You definitely at some point promised a tattoo of the make me a gamer logo if we hit a certain subscriber level but it was like it was unreachable yeah it was like a million or something so like no and then otherwise i think it's just mostly begging for sponsorship monies and stuff (laughs) all right well there is one more thing we need to talk about um because i believe you have finally finished xcom 2 war of the chosen I, I did my homework. I remembered the assignment you gave me. I have beaten. And again, I don't beat a lot of games, although I did beat the previous XCOMs. I have beaten XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. It was, I mean, I sat, it wasn't as, I, thank you. Do you, I mean, <laughs> my feelings on it, I see why you wanted me to beat it. I can see what the stuff you wanted to discuss was, which is to say, basically they changed like the third part to where, there was an underwater sequence and we had like the little cutscenes because I had all three of the groups. I got like three cutscenes. I assume you get them if you are friends with the group or such. Right. Yeah. So I got to see, I think every ending possible, the terror from the deep references. Like, I love that. I'm now already, I was already excited for XCOM three. I'm now once again, like hoping XCOM three references terrors from the deep. One of the fucking hardest games of all time. I love it. Yeah. That's, that is what I wanted you to see. Like the fact that yeah. they basically teasing terror from the deep as like the, and, the next big game. And they've set XCOM. it up perfectly on why it would exist and why it could happen in their world and stuff. Like it's, I definitely, that was the best part of it. The tough part for me was like, so I tend to overplay games and like, so the final sequence was really, really easy because I had a fucking like Freddie Mercury was my sniper who could do like was capable of doing something like 24 damage because he could shoot like twice a turn and like had like 110 accuracy was insanely good to where I never was really in trouble versus the first time I played XCOM 2, the final battle. Like I was on the edge of my seat in terror because I was underprepared in a way. This Mm -hmm. one, I felt like it was a lot easier. They also gave me my, I actually realized I never in the game developed psionics. Like I had had, I had no psionic characters. Instead, I went in with um, each of the three, like uh, the Reaper, the Skirmisher and the, uh, like the other guy. Like I went in with three of those. Yeah, and a sniper um, was the main thing. And then I had a, like one guy I didn't even use the entire time, actually. Like, uh, I can't remember. The one who goes into the ghost mode and everything as a sniper, he just never, like, came out of the shadows. He might have taken, like, yeah, two shots. Yeah, that's the Reaper. Yeah, like, I didn't need him in a way because, again, the psionic guy they gave me was, like, 
overpowered plus yeah, my yeah, sniper. Yeah, you get like an avatar. Yeah, for to like fight the and and like the other thing is that like War of the Chosen, while the Chosen are like a more difficult enemy. Between that and like the, did you have like the alien leaders and everything expansion, with like the special axes and armor and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So like all those things, like the chosen give you really good weapons and really good armor. And like, so those things on top of just being at a high level make like the end game a lot easier in war of the chosen than the base game, because there's, you just like, you're even more overpowered than you usually are. Actually, I take it back. I didn't have like the things like the axes and the guns and stuff because I think, but what I did have was I did have access to the chosen's weapons. Yeah, yeah, the chosen weapons are the ones that are super powerful. Yeah, and so like that, again, that's why like my sniper was doing, I didn't even realize how OP he was until it was like, yeah, he couldn't miss, basically. Right, yeah. Oh, and somebody had like the armor for the like the flying guys. Danny Trejo was a ranger who had like the Arcanite armor or something that like allows him to jump all over the map and inspires fear and all things. Like it was, they were... They were definitely OP, my team that I sent in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, the the end game gets super ridiculously easy if you have all the, the upgraded stuff and, yeah. like, have a good squad. And, uh, yeah, like, it's still still worth beating. And yeah, like, I've been sitting on fucking Terror from the Deep yeah. for two and a half fucking years. Like, you you keep saying how much you love that, and I'm like, they tease it at the end of the Wars of the Chosen, and you won't fucking finish it. Like I wanted to reach through this and strangle you, because it's one where as soon as I beat it as well, like the other part was I was like, now I want to play like the Terror from the Deep version, and then the other part was I kind of want to make a new game and play again. Like that's why I think it's a great game because as soon as I beat it, my instinct is like I want to play it again. Yeah, so. we should we should. Uh, hit up uh, Professor Q and get our like squad back together so I, we can play. More I really that. enjoyed playing it that way. I would be down. Yeah. Uh, All right. That's um. Well, that that's that's a good way to like end hundredth episode is talking about XCOM, which we have done for pretty much the entire span of this podcast. Like, I think from the start we were down with XCOM and talking about it and everything. Yeah, at this point, like, that's, I mean, it's Harvey Z's game always, but, like, yeah, that story finally comes to a close because the Freddie Mercury team was the team from, like, way back in the day, too. Yeah, that was the one where you were, like, talking about your adventures and how I died and <laughs> you died and everything, and Freddie Mercury lived on. Did Freddie Mercury replace me? I think I was, like, me and Freddie <laughs> were the two top people and then i died and because you were not on my team unfortunately yeah you were not there i was still alive i deliberately though again with the drama i didn't send myself into the final mission slim was there slim though i didn't send him because uh he was like best friends with myself and so i wanted to send in a pair that actually could work like i sent in the best of the best guys i had i think flank lord was in there though uh generic johnson flank lord (laughs) All right, uh, right before we end this podcast, I did want to do one final update. I was, um, I, w- I was trying to find something to like tie everything together in a bow, and I unfortunately 
couldn't find anything super great because like there wasn't any good Fallout seventy six dirt. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I was going through to like find like the staples that we talked about regularly and see if there was something interesting to end the podcast on. Um, and unfortunately just, you know, news wise, nothing really popped up. One small thing that popped up today before I get to the other thing is apparently a director's cut version of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes. Is this real? Found yeah, it found its way to the internet. They like remastered and put together over twenty minutes of like cut scenes from like a an old school VHS that was really hard to find. And so that's just on the internet now where you can see like a longer version of Super Mario Brothers the movie if you want to. We we need to like bring back like terrible movie night, because yes, I would be down to watch that. I fucking saw yeah. that in theaters. I love that movie. Yeah, that I, I don't know if you'll love it now. I mean, it's but... terrible. I remember as a child just being like, what the fuck was this? But, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And in, in that... No, not in that vein. In, uh, in not, not in that vein at all. So, I I wanted to see... I, I, I In my process of trying to look up things that we talked about that have been, like, running jokes or gags or highlights of, of the episodes i did put bowsette into the search engine to just see if there had been anything new ah, related to that anytime researching. soon of course research. yeah, researching yes um and there hasn't been anything new regarding bowsette and for some of you this might be a name you haven't heard in a long time <laughs> since i think it was Right when the podcast started, that Bowsette was a phenomenon. I think it was 2018 that, that this happened. Like, Bowsette has been forgotten. It's all about Lady D now. Oh, uh, no. I, I As much as I love Lady D, Bowsette still, still has a place in my heart <laughs> with my Battletoads. <laughs> and so what I discovered for the first time, and yes, I before you accuse me of not knowing this already... It is actually for the first time I discovered there was an official Bowsette porn parody. Oh, oh. And okay. I just wanted to share with you the title of said porn parody since this has come up in a previous episode. Okay. And as a way to just bring it all together uh, and bring something from our the start of our podcast to our 100th episode. Uh, and I just, I, I don't know if you know this yet. Or if you've seen this, you might have already seen it and just don't remember the title. But I, I, I won't ask questions about what you've been doing with your battle toads. Um, the title of this this uh, Bowsette porn parody is "Wetter Than a Water Level." What? Wetter That's than? That's right. Wetter than a water level. The Bowsette porn parody. I have not seen that one. And you, the way you made it sound was official one. And I was like, what? Have I been watching knockoff Bowsettes? <laughs> Apparently. It's a popular cosplay. Not just amongst... I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a popular cosplay. And art... Better than a water level. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, if, if So, anyway, have fun Googling and all that stuff. That's my present to you as doing a hundred episodes with me. And yeah, that that's it for 
uh, a whole, <laughs> I was going to say century of, Not a century. of episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't help myself. I Googled it. The very first thing that comes up on Google, the real problem with this Bowsette porn parody is its flagrant disregard for Mario lore. <laughs> I didn't get an access or a hit to the actual thing. Instead, I got somebody complaining about, oh, gamers. <laughs> like, uh, okay. They they are upset. The lore wasn't strong enough in this Bowsette parody. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's it. We have now hit 100 episodes of Make Me a Gamer, and it has been a wild ride. Uh, we went over some of our favorite episode titles and episode discussion skit sequences. Uh, we did some of our the Tower of Babel. We talked about XCOM. We, we hit all the highlights. Thank you for listening to us. Thank everyone for being a part of this, even if it's like, you know, us and our friends and we haven't really hit the the broad spectrum of huge podcast hero what I don't, well, I'm just stringing words together at this point. Yeah. We're we're a small family podcast, you know, we're small biz support your s- small local businesses. That's what we are. We're your small local podcast. And uh, we have fun doing this every week. I hope you have fun listening to us every week. And uh, that's it. That's all we've got for our 100th episode extravaganza. Harvey Z, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at make me a Harvey Z. Almost said the old one. Uh, throwback just for this episode. Huh? Oh, yeah. But fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Atma underscore Phoenix. Uh, you can find our podcast at Make Me a Podcast. You can always email us at Make Me a Gamer Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find my writings at Atma'sWeapon.com. And I think that's it. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Harvey Z, any last 100th episode thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's been fun. I've enjoyed getting to do these with you and like i'm glad we've been able to do this for 100 episodes and want to do 100 more you know what if i've got the time sure why not if you've got the time motherfucker what is this shit (laughs) here i am being a sentimental motherfucker and he oh oh i'll see if i can pencil you in what the fuck (laughs) listen all i'm saying is big money z might have other priorities now um again i don't forget the little people along the way harvey z and atma it's this is not big money atma big money phoenix oh whoa okay new opportunities it shouldn't just be get rich quick for harvey z we need to cash in on you Uh, uh, that's what the future holds now send us five bucks and then you get ten bucks and give me five bucks. This could work. Okay. Wait. Wait. What? Send. I, we gotta send Atma ten bucks, and then you secretly give me five bucks. And this is how Harvey Z gets secondarily rich by helping others get rich. Oh, okay. I just you know gotta, what? Th- this sounds like a good plan. Send me ten bucks. I'll I'll allow that. I like this. Uh, Big money Phoenix. What could go wrong? It's a good name. <laughs>
Fuck you, Sobble.